Hello, everybody. Andrew Holacek here again, and I am really excited to be able to spend the next hour or so with one of the most, um, I think, innovative thinkers in the realm of lucid dreaming and psychedelics, David J. Brown. And so, as usual, I will read a brief introduction uh, about who David really is, and then uh, no shortage of rich material to talk about. So, David J. Brown is an American writer, interviewer, and consciousness researcher. He is the author of popular book of the popular book on dreaming, Dreaming Wide Awake, Lucid Dreaming, Psychedelics, and Shamanic Healing, and has been viewed interviewed widely on the subject. David has a master's degree in psychobiology from New York University and is the author of over a dozen books. He has appeared on numerous TV shows, podcasts, and radio shows, and is the co-author of six best-selling volumes of interviews with leading-edge thinkers, including Mavericks of the Mind and Frontiers of Psychedelic Consciousness. So, David, thank you so much, my friend, for spending a little bit of time with us. We're really excited to have you. Hello. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. I want to um, tell just a, a little bit about your book, uh, because I was really captured and captivated by the uniqueness, the the scope, the depth, the research, the the courage, um, the outrageous qualities at some points, and and really, I there's no single book that I'm aware of that casts such a wide net. I mean, you talk about here's just a brief um, kind of peppering for our listeners. You talk about out of body experiences and their relationship to lucidity principle near-death experiences, obviously psychedelics. We'll talk quite a bit about that today. Um, parallel universes, quantum mechanics and consciousness, sensory deprivation, phantom limbs, time dilation, and uh, that's just the start. And so um, I want to begin with just a, a brief paragraph that you wrote in your book that I thought is a wonderful kind of overview of the text to give readers a better sense of what you present here. And then I think, obviously, when we start talking about this, they'll get a really clear sense. So this is what you say in the introduction. What this book offers to the community of established lucid dreamers that is missing from other wonderful books on the subject is a deeper exploration of the relationship between psychedelics, herbs, drugs, nutritional supplements, and lucid dreaming. We'll be looking at the interface of shamanic experiences with visionary plants and psychedelic drugs and guided intentional lucid or interpreted dreaming to see how both can be used for healing the body and the mind. Um, and so what really struck me as I, as I looked you know, kind of the 50,000-foot view upon your book is that the, your topics that you cover are really as fluid as the sense of reality that I'm left with when I finish this book. And I have to say I, I find that utterly refreshing because, um, you know, as you know, with your background, your own background in neuroscience, one of the hot topics over the last several decades has been this notion of neuroplasticity. Um, I think what your book portrays, which I'm a really big fan of, is the kind of the plastic nature of reality altogether, and that all these different agents that you explore are ways to really glimpse different dimensions of this reality. And, and so I want to start, um, David, if I might, with with an overarching kind of frame for this, that I want to see how this lands with you. And that is that, to me, the, the, you know, over my many decades of, of meditation experience, lucid dreaming, and just a little bit of traffic with the psychedelics, um, what I've come to discover is that 
this is the altered state. What, what we know as so-called waking consciousness, this is actually the altered state. And I believe that things like psychedelics, meditation, lucid dreaming, and these other modalities, they really open the aperture of our consciousness, provide glimpses to the underlying natural state. And so in a certain sense, we've kind of got the nomenclature a little bit backwards. You know, we, we talk about altered states. I, I, I think, and I wonder how this lands with you, that what you write about so beautifully really are, are intimations of the actual natural state. Um, and therefore, that's where their great, their great potential lies. You know, they, they punch through the constructed kind of machinations of our um, fabricated views, our confabulations about reality, and actually point out the, the truer nature of things. So does, it, does this resonate? Is this a fair assessment of where your experiences have taken you over your many years of exploring and studying this stuff? Um, gosh, well, there was a lot in that. Let me see what I can okay. respond to so, that. Sorry. First of all, th thank you very much for, for the kind words about my book and for being able to grasp and understand what I was trying to accomplish with it. I was trying really hard to be both comprehensive in my study of lucid dreaming and also to integrate it with psychedelic research, which has never been done before. And I could not believe that no one had ever put those two together when the connection seemed so obvious to me. Um, what you're asking about in terms of consciousness, I, I think maybe what you mean by the more natural state is, I guess, the less conditioned state, yeah, exactly. you know, be, you know, prior um, to all the social conditioning we, we get as, a, as children, we're in a state, I guess, of more, more purity, of a more pure consciousness, and that kind of consciousness can be attained through meditation and different types of spiritual practices and, and psychedelics. And I, I guess maybe that, that's more natural. Um, I, I think the word altered state is, I mean, I use the word myself sometimes, but I think it's not really the best way to describe these states of consciousness. I really like Stan Groff's uh, term, uh, non-ordinary states. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. That, that, just, that just sort of just, instead of trying to categorize one as being normal and one as being unnormal and, you know, what is natural, um, the ordinary state of consciousness that, that we're in, waking consciousness, whether it's socially conditioned um, or whether it's natural or not, um, is, is, is definitely something that um, is highly uh, programmed by society, by our DNA, by so many different things. State of unity or non-dual consciousness or connection to the divine or um, a, a unification with the universal mind of the universe or something like that. And I think maybe that's what you're getting at when you say the, the more natural state and, and that the ordinary waking state of consciousness that we're in is actually a kind of socially conditioned hallucination and delusion of sorts? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is Anil Seth, you know, this kind of consensual hallucination that, that we attribute um, mistakenly to be really the natural course of things when it's really not the course of things. I guess I was an interest in the occult and the supernatural and the fantastic that you know led me into an interest in meditation and Eastern philosophy. I began transcendental meditation when I was fourteen, 
And um, I started using cannabis and LSD when I was uh, in high school. And within a couple of days after my first LSD trip, I spontaneously had a, a lucid dream, my, my first lucid dream. Maybe I should just explain just to your audience, and I'm sure everybody mostly knows, but a lucid dream is when you become aware and awake in a dream while it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. So you can influence what happens in the dream. I mean, normally what we do is we we confuse the the waking state with the dream state. In other words, when we're dreaming, we think that we're actually awake when we're really dreaming. And when we're lucid dreaming, we know that we're dreaming. We know our body is safe and sound, sleeping off far away in some other dimension, and that we can take advantage of the fact that this new world that we're in doesn't have any social or biological consequences that we have to have to deal with so um so that's what lucid dreaming is i had my first spontaneous lucid dream a couple of days after um having an lsd trip and um since then, I've been exploring consciousness in, in many different ways using sensory deprivation tanks. I worked in an isolation tank center. I began studying psychobiology and doing neuroscience research. And I had experimented on myself with, with psychedelics. And in the, I guess it was in the, in the late 80s, I met um, Stephen LeBerch. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. My friend Oscar Janiger, who's a who's a psych, who was a psychiatrist doing LSD and creativity research, and I met Stephen LeBerch through him, and that's when I discovered um, what lucid dreaming really was. I, I had them spontaneously, but never really understood what I could do with them or the potential, and I never understood that there were techniques that one can practice that increase the probability of having a lucid dream. And it was from Stephen LeBerge, uh, conversations with him. I interviewed him. Um, we did a, we did a, a presentation together once. And, um, I really learned a lot about uh, lucid dreaming and began practicing the techniques more and more, um, over the years. And I've had around, I guess, 25, 30 years of experience with lucid dreaming. Some periods where I go into it very intensely, as you probably know, it's, it's something that if you want to have lucid dreams regularly, you have to practice the techniques regularly. It's, it's, it's more like, um, like an athletic ability yep. than it is like riding a bicycle. In other words, it's not something you just learn how to do and then you can do it and you can keep doing it. You got to keep practicing the techniques, like asking yourself, am I dreaming right now and taking a reality test and, and doing that every, every, you know, every hour mm-hmm. regularly, things like that. Um, you know, waking up three hours before you normally wake up, uh, doing some things to, you know, get your mind engaged and then uh, going back to sleep. And that increases the probability of having a lucid dream. There are different supplements you can take. Um, Kalia Zakatiki is one of them. Um, Velvet Bean, um, different supplements that help people have lucid dreams. So, um, gosh, I forgot what the question was, but there are all there are all these uh, all these wonderful ways to increase the probability of uh, of having a lucid dream. Yeah, no, it, it was really just that, like how you got into it, and so. With, with that said, you know, for, for our listeners, I think one of the strongest parts of David's book that I, I learned so much about was not only your exhaustive research, but your your brave um, personal experience with so many of these supplemental agents, not not just the psychedelics, these entheogens, but, but all the other, um, well, some of the agents that you just mentioned and all the others like galantamine, of course, which is probably the most 
famous popular one these days. And so with all that said, David, if if you had to have a lucid dream, so like you're you're in Stephen's lab and you know that you're all hooked up and you absolutely positively have to have a lucid dream tonight. I'm curious, what what is your go-to technique? Because I'm sure your experience probably resonates with mine that one of the really fascinating parts of lucid dreaming is it's it's uh it's not a one size fits all enterprise we we all have our uh, idiosyncrasies and, yeah. and you know kind of different sweet spots where all these different methods really come into play um but I'm always really curious especially with kind of elite level dreamers like yourself if you absolutely positively have to have a lucid dream what what do you do yeah there's there's a number of techniques i i find that it's the the combination of techniques that works the best. There's no one thing that is always works for me every, every time. Um, it's, it's, it's combining the techniques that seems to work the best. So, uh, what I do, um, the number one technique, um, that I think helps the most is getting in the habit of asking yourself the question, am I dreaming right now? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And when you ask yourself that question, you have to you have to sincerely think about it and take a reality test. You can't just say, oh, of course, I'm not dreaming, because you're going to get into the habit of saying, oh, of course, I'm not dreaming. And you'll carry that habit over into the dream itself. You'll be dreaming and you'll say, am I dreaming? And you'll say, of course, I'm not dreaming. What you have to do is you have to take a reality test. That's right. A really simple reality test is simply looking at a a book or something with printed um, letters on it and look at what it says. Look, remember what it says, look away and look back in a dream. The words will almost always change every single time. Uh, another really easy reality test is to try pinching your nostrils closed and breathing through your nostrils. Um, you should do this every hour, mm -hmm. every Set your alarm, you know, a little alarm to take to take a reality test. Ask yourself, am I dreaming right now? Take the test and get into the habit of doing that. And you're dreaming around around 10% of the day. So if you get into the habit of doing that, you have a 1 in 10 chance of being correct when you ask that question, am I dreaming right now? So that's one of the main techniques that I've used. Mm -hmm. Another very, very important technique is, is starting to increase your dream recall in general by keeping a, a dream journal. It's very, very important to start writing down your dreams the moment you wake up. Even if you can't, you know, remember anything more than a few snippets, just write those snippets down. And if you can't even remember those, just write down how you feel. And you'll find that the more um, the more attention that you give to the dreams and the more attempts you make to recall it, the more you will recall. And the more it's like building a muscle yes. and you remember your dreams better and better. Um, and finally, the, the third technique when I, you know, I say combining these things, the third technique that, that I really utilize when I really want a lucid dream is, I mentioned this earlier, is, is to wake up around uh, three hours earlier than you normally wake up. Um, and this is because um, as you're sleeping through the night and you cycle through the different stages of sleep, the amount of time that you spend in REM, uh, the rapid eye movement stage of sleep, when you're most actively dreaming, increases more and more and more throughout the night. So people dream more and more uh, towards the morning. And so if you wake up around three hours before you normally do, get up, do a little bit of exercise, not too much because you want to find that right balance where you can go back to sleep, do some reading, do something to engage your mind, and then go back to sleep. And then while you're going back to sleep, 
repeat to yourself the phrase, the next time I'm dreaming, I want to remember to recognize that I'm dreaming. Just keep repeating that like a mantra. Or imagine a previous dream that you've had and imagine yourself becoming lucid in that dream while you're falling asleep. If you practice just those just those three simple techniques, and there's many more, and there's nutritional supplements that you can take that also help. There's many different – just I wouldn't be surprised if – some of the members of your listening audience had a lucid dream tonight because just talking about it and thinking about it helps to increase the probability uh, of having a lucid dream. But it's really combining these different techniques and practicing them regularly that will that will allow someone to, to have a lucid dream. Um, I don't know that I can ever have one completely on demand. Um, I, I can increase the probability of having it and pretty much make it happen within a few days. Yeah. But but it's very hard um, for me, at least for me, to be able to do it on demand. Although I I know people that can. I mean, I I know someone, Bruce Damer, he's a, an engineer for for NASA, and he's able to, to lucid dream on command. I mean, he can just he can just go into a lucid dream just by closing his eyes, basically. Yeah, some some people do seem to have that talent, and and you know, Evan Thompson interviewed a woman who, when she heard about lucid dreams was actually surprised to hear that there was any other kind of dream allegedly all her dreams were lucid so it seems like people really do have certain talents i also want to throw in here david it's interesting your your number one approach when you say uh, you know kind of question the status of your reality by asking am i dreaming that's the central tip from padmasambhava you know who's the great master who brought buddhism from india to tibet and wrote a lot about uh, dream yoga and, the, and you know the daytime practice of illusory form and and so he basically says exactly that that the principal approach um, in addition to meditation and actually the principal antidote or remedy for many of the obstacles of lucid dreaming is in fact that kind of questioning of the status of one's reality so that's super cool that you would say that so talk to us a little bit if you would David about about some of these agents because uh, these substances because outside of galantamine most people really aren't that aware of all the other um, agents that you write about. So talk to us a little bit about the ones that you've had the best luck with, um, kind of things to be, you know, promise and peril of these sorts of things, what to look out for in terms of traps and all that. Yes, I'd, I'd be most delighted. Let me, be, before I talk about the nutritional supplements and, and herbal and dietary uh, supplements. Let me just say also that uh, I, I'm very fascinated by the connection between uh, lucid dreaming and, and Tibetan Buddhism um, and its ability to teach us. I mean, one of the things that you realize when you're lucid dreaming is the illusory nature of exactly. the dream. Right. You realize that your mind is, is creating, you know, the world around you. And philosophically, you can then apply that to your experience of the world right now. I mean, because when you see that your mind can create a solid world, it feels and touch and smells and everything is realistic as what we think of as the waking world. If you see that in a dream and realize just how powerful that is, it makes you question the, 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 whether or not this reality couldn't be constructed in a very similar way. So it helps you see through the illusory nature of the, of reality on both dreaming and waking. Mm -hmm. Nutrient supplements, herbals, 
um, different herbs and different drugs. Um, I devoted a whole chapter in my in my book, and um, like you like you said, I, I bravely um, tried all these different substances and explored um, what they did. Um, I found a couple of substances that that seemed to definitely enhance um, my dream recall. Um, the vividness of my dreams and, um, and the strangeness of my dreams without really increasing my, um, you know, my lucidity. And, uh, the, 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 the two herbs that really fit most into that category were, um, Kalia Zacatiki, which is the, the Mexican dream herb and, uh, Siline Capensis, which is the uh, African uh, dream herb. Um, they've both been used for hundreds of years by uh, indigenous people. They seem to have a very uh, high safety profile. Um, no one has ever overdosed and died from from either one of them, and any or gotten you know, or gotten even sick that I know of. So they're very safe. They're in um, most uh, health food stores. Uh, we'll carry them. We can order them, or you can buy them online. But um, I personally didn't have much success with those as uh, we to dream stimulants. Um, another herb that falls similarly into that category is uh, is mugwort, which is um, which is also uh, known to change the, the nature of dreams, and um, it did that for me again, increased the vividness of my dreams. And this one actually did help to increase my ability to have lucid dreams. I had a number of dreams with mugwort, but um, after the, the big warning with mugwort is that it seems to also have this quality that makes the dreams more dark and, and more forceful in some way, and and I'm not the only one who reports this. I've spoken to at least a half dozen people who have had similar experiences with mugwort, so it does you know, change your dreams. A lot of people consider it, um, uh, you know, helping to increase paranormal experiences and astral projection and, um, and that sort of thing. It seems to increase the probability of uh, sleep paralysis when you, um, when you are, uh, when you're, body is still asleep but your mind awakens and it can be a very frightening experience we can talk about that more later but that can also become a, a springboard for for lucid dreaming um, when you have a, a sleep paralysis experience but but mugwort uh, tends to increase uh, sleep paralysis um, the herb that i found to be um, the most helpful um, was something called velvet bean which is, uh, which is used in Ayurvedic medicine, and it's uh, an herb that contains an amino acid called L-dopa, which is a, a precursor right, or a precursory chemical to um, to dopamine in the brain, which is an excitatory neurotransmitter or, or brain chemical that stimulates uh, the brain, and um, it's that higher level of dopamine when you're asleep and dreaming that seems to not only increase uh, the vividness of the dream and uh, the action potential of the dream but um, for me it also uh, I've had just just whole mornings of going in and out of lucid dreams after using velvet beans so that I found to be um, one of the the most successful um, that's also available in, in health food stores and easily online um, 
the um, only danger of that really is that it should never be combined with, with stimulants, uh, anything else that's stimulating, because uh, dopamine is already a stimulant. But um, surprisingly, it doesn't interfere with my sleep very much, and I'm very sensitive to stimulants. So the, the small amount of L-dopa just seems to stimulate my dreams without stimulating my, my body um, too much. Um, vitamin B6 um, is also shown to increase uh, dream recall um, significantly. People who have uh, low vitamin B6 levels um, suffer from, from a lack of dream recall. Um, vitamin B6 should never be combined with, um, with uh, tryptophan or 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan, which is a, a very common uh, sleep aid. So that's something people need to, to be to watch out for because um, it can possibly cause uh, cardiovascular complications. So that's something that, that shouldn't be combined. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, galantamine. That for many people is the holy grail yeah. of, of, of lucid dream, you know, um, enhancement drugs. It's a it's actually a cognitive enhancer. It's a drug. Um, it's derived from a plant, but it's a, it's actually a drug that is used to treat senile dementia and uh, cognitive impairment. It's uh, it's considered a, one of these smart drugs or, or a cognitive enhancer. Um, people use it to increase concentration throughout the day. It increases acetylcholine levels in the brain, which is uh, also a stimulatory neurotransmitter similar to, to dopamine and uh, helps with, uh, with memory recall. And um, for a lot of people, a lot of people report that um, between four and eight milligrams of galantamine before bed will produce a lucid dream for them every single time. I mean, it's just, it works like 100% of the time for some people. Right, yeah. um, I have to say my own personal experience, unfortunately, was extremely disappointing. Um, I was never able to sleep on galantamine. I tried it around four times um, at different dosages, and, and each time it was just too stimulating for me to sleep on it. It just it was like drinking you know two cups of coffee yeah. even at the lowest dose so i was just never able to fall asleep on it so unfortunately glantamine didn't work for me but but it, it is very safe um it's available on amazon you can just you know buy it buy it on amazon and um and i think if you're really interested in lucid dreaming and um you know interested in trying these supplements that's one that that's um that's incredibly effective for for a lot of people um i also um talk about the relationship with with psychedelics yeah which is something that um, has not been really discussed in any other lucid dream book ever before. Right. I, I have never seen people make the connection. And, you know, I, I've been, I worked with uh, MAPS, yep. the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies for years. I've been very, very interested in psychedelic drug research. And, and I realized there was an interesting association between psychedelics and a lot of subjects that people didn't want to touch between psychedelics and alternative medicine, between psychedelics and spirituality, between psychedelics and, and tantric yoga, between psychedelics and philosophy. I mean, there was just so many interesting connections and, you know, between psychedelics and UFO abductions. And, right. and a lot of times people don't, didn't want to talk about the relationship with psychedelics because 
Psychedelics, number one, are illegal. Um, they're highly stigmatized. And if people are talking about controversial subjects, something like lucid dreaming or tantric, you know, tantric yoga, which are controversial to begin with, the last thing they want right. to do is invite yeah. more controversy by associating <laughs> it with psychedelics, right? No kidding. So, so I think that's why over the years there has been this kind of distance from psychedelics. But, but I noticed, um, like I said, my very first lucid dream experience happened a couple of days after doing LSD. And um, it's extremely common after uh, people do ayahuasca, the uh, shamanic brew down that are very um, commonly used down in the Amazon as a as a healing as a healing medicine and ceremony, and um, it's uh, within a, a day or two of, of having an ayahuasca experience, a very high percentage of people report lucid dream experiences. It also happens with uh, with ibogaine, with uh, with MDMA. It's reported um, so with with a lot of these psychedelic drugs for some reason. Um, a couple of days after you do it, people have lucid dreams. And this is kind of a mystery as to why it happens. You know, I spoke to Stephen Labersh about it, and he thought it was just because, you know, his, his answer to my question was that it just, you know, it just messed with your, your sleep cycle. And when you mess with your sleep cycle, you know, sometimes you can, you know, it increases um, lucidity in dreams. And I don't think that's the case because I've messed with my sleep cycle with, you know, all kinds of other ways, staying up all night and different things. And, and it didn't increase my probability of having lucid dreams. There, there's something specifically about psychedelics that seems to open up a part of the mind that's, that's very similar to lucid dreaming. Um, they both put you in touch with parts of your mind where you're normally, normally unconscious of. And I would almost say that, you know, uh, uh, doing a psychedelic is like, you know, is like, having dream experiences while you're awake right. and having a lucid dream is like having a waking experience while you're dreaming. Right. So they're kind of, you know, kind of cross blending those, uh, those two different states of consciousness and the psychedelics, you know, do it from the waking state, bring you into dreaming awareness. And, you know, the lucid dream brings you from the lucid state into the waking state. But many people describe a lucid dream as being something like a psychedelic experience. People have mystical and spiritual experience and transformations as a result of, of their lucid dreams. Um, you know, uh, one of the, you know, I mean, the reason it's been used in, in, in Buddhism for so many years is, is they believe that it's, it's training for, for enlightenment and training for, you know, preparation for what happens after we die. You know, that, uh, they, you know, Tibetan Buddhists believe that we go into the bardos, which is an in-between realm between, uh, between death and our next rebirth. And, uh, that realm is very much like dreaming and that by, by lucid dreaming throughout our life, we, um, we, you know, we, we build up practice to be able to uh, stay conscious uh, during that state uh, after we die, and then can can navigate and uh, into a into a more fruitful, uh, more fruitful next life. Thanks for listening. You can listen to the full interview by joining Nightclub Lucid Dreaming and Dream Yoga Community. Just one dollar for your first thirty days. Try it out. Click the website link in our profile to get started.